Welcome everybody back to Dong City, December 1st, 2021, episode 72, aka the Golden Thong Jason Giambi edition. We got a lot, a lot, a lot to touch on. Uh, a lot of action, a lot of action. Today's the deadline. Vince, what's going on, brother? Nothing much. Where, where did you say 72 Jason Giambi? 72. What team was that for? Cleveland. Wow. As we can still call them the Indians, the Guardians. Man. Okay. Yeah, that is retro. Uh, nothing much going on on my end. I uh, have a very subtle shirt today. Um, yeah, I mean, welcome to Dong City. Welcome to maybe one of the craziest <laughs> two-week spans in baseball for not having games. Uh, we're, we're here to discuss that. So we're going to talk about uh, free agents here at the top of the hour, and then we're going to get into the balls controversy, which is a favorite of Dong City scandals. And then we will get to uh, the CBA and, and what to expect after that. So let's get right into it here, Henry. We uh, we had a free agent frenzy <laughs> the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think people were just uh, like even in our own chat. You know, I'm I'm kind of trying to be the voice of reason because. Guys are just going, getting out of control here. I think they're getting nervous. The The lockout is looming at midnight. We'll touch on that later. Um, I just think guys are getting nervous, and they're grabbing whatever dollars they can get, as much guaranteed money as possible, and, and they're signing in places and, and teams that just don't make sense sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> me. I mean, so here we are, you know. We kind of knew this was coming to a degree, right? Like yeah. we knew that um, there were going to be guys signing early that was reported. I'm surprised by who has signed early. We can go through that name now. Like there's some guys I expected. I didn't think they'd have a huge market. They want to secure their money. They're going into a CBA. It makes sense. And then there's major, major players who already signed early. And I can't for the life of me figure out why. But uh, we'll get into that. I mean, we can we can get right into it now. We have Javi Baez. We'll start with him. Real quick, uh, uh, yeah. before, before we continue, I'm sorry. I just want to hold this up. Can you see it? It's an L. That is an L. Vince, why am I holding up an L? <laughs> I assume it's for the amount of money paid to Javi Baez to play no, baseball. This uh, is the Marcus Crybaby Ash Stroman right here. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know the news just broke before we went on the air, and, and, and I just I had that pettiness still in me, so I had to give Marcus Stroman that L. We will definitely get to Stroman in a second here, but so the Tigers making some deals early, and they're one of those like boogie teams that were named before the offseason started mm -hmm. as like they're going to spend. Rangers were another one, and you know to an extent that's been true. They have spent. They've probably spent on guys I'm not particularly interested in. One of them is Javi Baez. So I mean, look. If you're Mario Pages in baseball life, Javi Baez improves your team. So, you know, I'm not arguing with that. Um, he's not a guy I want on my team at this juncture, but he's going to improve the Tigers. That's a nice signing for them. $140 million. Uh, He's 29 years old. It's a six-year deal. I don't have a problem with that either. I, I think the years are pretty good. And along with him, with the Tigers, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, one of the first signings, lefty, Starting pitcher, he got a five-year, seventy-seven million. So they're kind of going into this mid-tier. We'll call it nothing over two hundred million. And then, of course, um, yeah, I mean, those have been the two big ones for the Tigers until you know recently. I, you know, it's funny. I, I thought uh, Erod would get a little bit more than that, honestly. 
Yeah, I think it was probably fair. Erod's a really weird case because he has traditionally been very durable. And then the pandemic happened. He had those kind of scary heart problems, sat out that season, 2021, great start, terrible finish. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a lefty. He's pitched in the AL East, so you kind of expect that he can pitch probably in any other division as well. Um, and he's going to Comerica. I mean, that's a big ballpark, so Huge. a lot different than Fenway, and he's 28. So, yeah, I, I mean, I could see it going either way. I don't I don't think that contract's that outlandish. My point is I thought he would get more. I thought he No, would I know. I'm money. saying I, I don't yeah. think it's that out. Like, I don't think he was that underpaid. Um, I probably, gun to my head, would have guessed anywhere from like 65 to 100. Yeah, I had him at a, at 100 minimum, so. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so Baez and Erod, that's a nice start to the offseason for the Tigers. And that is the big thing to keep in mind. Henry and I have had this debate all week calendar wise we're very early in the in the offseason right we only have one month down um and a lot of teams still have a lot of options trades being one of them we have not seen a lot of trades yet uh at least not, not a lot of major ones really they have time for that but the flip side is this has been an extremely busy november maybe the most the busiest november ever so yeah the, this week the players are available don't match the calendar is what I'm saying. And the reason for that we'll get to later on with the lockout coming in about four hours. Um, but yeah, so that's what the Tigers have been doing. If you move over to the Giants, the most winners of last, most wins last season, they lost Gausman. They haven't really done anything to replace him yet. Brandon Belt, nothing really to talk about there. They, no, they, they did sign Defus Scalfani. Uh, yeah, Sorry. yeah. Or a 320, what was it, 3 and 36? So 12 years. 3 and 36, yeah, he's 31 years old. So again, for me, starting pitcher 36 years old or less, I'm not really going to have a problem unless they're like extremely injury prone. Um, we moved to one of the big winners so far early in the offseason. That's the New York Mets. Uh, once again, Uncle Steve putting his money where his mouth is. Um, he has had a big start to this offseason. Eduardo, mm -hmm. es Eduardo Escobar. Two years, 20 million. Am I reading that right? Yeah, I guess two years, so. 20 million. Yep. Yep. Two years, 20 million. Uh, Aaron Loop, who actually, I think that's, well, he went to the Angels. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So you had, you had um, Eduardo Escobar, and then you also get into Starling Marte. Starling Marte. That was, that kind of came out of nowhere to me. Um, he replaces Conforto, Kenya, adding more outfield depth. I like both of those signings. Um, I, like, I don't like the Kenya move. I love the Escobar move for the Mets. That's um, funny. I feel the opposite. I love the Kenya move. I'm okay with Marte. I'm not crazy about the Escobar move. And I then I the obviously the, the cherry on top, Henry, is they get Max Scherzer three years, 130 million. So that is the Trevor Bauer type contract. He actually did try and take credit for it while he's trying to stay out of prison. And uh, uh, you know what? Uh, Trevor Bauer, his agent, could kiss my ass. I'm going to call that the Henry Maldonado Dong City special because <laughs> I've been talking about GMs doing that for years now. I've been saying it for the longest contracts are beginning out of control, seven, eight, nine year deals. I've been saying for years, I think since this page, since, since baseball life was established in 17, I've been saying you got to go high on the AAV and short on the years. And everyone is happy that way. And that's what people are doing now. Yeah. You've, you've gotten a little freaky with contracts over the years. I think actually the white Sox were one of the first teams I can remember that started to do this sort of outside the box thinking with like bullshit art, bullshit, uh, option years and then going high AV short contracts uh, it works in some cases like for the Mets it's fine they're going over the cap for the first time 
Uh, you're getting Scherzer for three years instead of, you know, however many he could have, he could have commanded with a smaller AAV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's fine. And, and they seem like they're willing to stay over the cap, depending, I'm sure, on what the CBA brings back. If you're a team like the Yankees across the river, you're probably not going to want high AAV because their payroll is already high. Um, now, they did just reset the cap, but that's what I'm talking about. If you have a high payroll, you might want to go lower in or longer in years like they did with LeMahieu last year. If you have a lower payroll, you want to go higher because you get these guys off the books faster. So I, I think the Mets just just for lack of a better analogy, had a home run here. Um, Uncle Stevie said he was he was he's he did what he said he was going to do. He said he was yeah. coming here to make noise and, and shake shit up. You know, we all have the the same old Mets jokes. I get it. We have fun with it. But at the end of the day, man, Steve Cohen came in and he gave Frankie Lindor a blank check. Gave Max Scherzer a blank check. You pair Scherzer with DeGrom and, and you find me a, a, a better one-two punch in the last 10 years on paper. I mean, that's a stupid, stupid one-two punch. Uh, my problem is that the Mets lost two pitchers. They replaced one with Scherzer. I'm not a fan of their three, four, and five starters at all. Um, I, I love Scherzer and DeGrom. You, you put them in the playoffs and you can ride those two guys for, for – four games collectively. Um, I'm just not a fan of Taiwan Walker being your number three. And I don't know what Carlos Carrasco has left. I'm just, I'm not a fan of the rest of that rotation. I'm sure they'll address it, but kudos to Steve Cohen, man. He came in and no no one had the Mets on, on Max Scherzer's radar. Everyone had all the West coast teams. No one, you know, even when we started to hear the whispers, we didn't take it serious, but kudos to them. They got that shit done. and, and, And that's a great, great signing, man. Yeah, I mean, a few points from my side. One is that they are not done, Jacob Anthony Lewis. By the way, welcome to everyone who's joined us. Um, Jacob pointing out they're not done. As it goes for any team, it's December 1st, and this lockout will end eventually, and then dozens of other guys still have to sign. Um, So they can sure up the back of that rotation. I'm not that worried about that now. Um, Look, I look at it from two kind of drastic ways. One is that Mets ownership is doing what you should be doing in a big market. If you want to win a world series, they are spending, they are prying guys who probably, you know, needed to see the money like Scherzer. Um, You can't ask from an ownership standpoint for anything more than what Mets ownership is doing. And that to me is the only thing you can't control is your owner. (laughs) If you have a bad owner, like the pirates do, you're screwed for eternity. There's nothing you can do about it. Uh, You have a bad GM, you can fire him. You have a bad manager, you can fire him. But if you have a bad owner, you're screwed. The Mets seem like they have an owner who wants to win. That is 90% of the battle. The other 10% is the pieces he chooses, you know, to have under him to to put a team together. The other side of the equation for me is that, look, Max Scherzer on paper, just like Jacob deGrom, is they're probably the top two pitchers in baseball. Yeah. You know, play, playoff stats for Scherzer aside, you know, he's he's still very good. He's not I think, I think dominant. I still think I, I, take, I might take Garrett Cole ahead of Scherzer, but you're splitting hairs there. Yeah, I, they're two of the top five indisputably. Yeah. DeGrom is number one indisputably. Scherzer's probably two or three, um, no matter how you slice it. My problem is that, and this goes back to what I said about DeGrom at the beginning of this season, the, they're two very low floor guys in that they may not be there in October. <laughs> Scherzer was not there this October. He's only a year older. He's got 2,500 innings on that arm. Anytime you get over 2,000 innings, I start to get nervous. Um, he is well towards that. He's almost at a Justin Verlander 3,000 inning amount. That's a lot of innings. 
DeGrom, as I mentioned, I predicted he was going to get hurt for a while this year. He did. Uh, I don't see that reversing. Once you start having these nicks and crannies that are getting injured and you're in your mid-30s into your late 30s, it doesn't usually get better. So I'm hoping, if I'm a Mets fan, I'm hoping that 2022, the stars can align, and we've seen it a lot in baseball, 2019 Nationals, 2021 Braves. Um, you know, we've seen this recently where the stars align, you get one year, you win the World Series. And if that happens... It does nothing else will matter if you're a Mets fan because you haven't won in in my lifetime. Um, you know who I like on the Mets. If if you put them on the Mets, you know who I like and I think can do real well sliding behind those two guys. Oh, as a pitcher. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I like who? Michael Pinedo on that team. Yeah, I mean he'd kind of be like the Walker of this season. <laughs> um, I, I like Mike. I think if you put Michael Pinedo on that team right now. His stuff is still electric, and the two guys in front of you, you can learn from. I like Michael Pineda on the Mets. I'm kind of – I like Joey's idea of Kikuchi, um, who is a free agent. I can it's see that. Only, only because he, you want, like, a durable guy behind Scherzer and DeGrom uh, who can pitch a playoff game. I think he checks the boxes there. Also suggesting a trade for Luis Castillo. I honestly – and I'm not I can't saying – <laughs> beyond that, I really don't know what the Mets would offer for him that other teams can't. Although if you have enough, if his smart, his market's not going to be small is what I'm saying. And I don't, I don't think at this juncture, the Mets could beat out four or five other teams for him. Um, but Mets have pulled off trades before they've done it, you know, for pennies on the dollar, in my opinion, it's possible, but I like Kikuchi. I think that's a smart choice. Um, Mets are in good shape at this juncture. They've got time to put it together. What is Carlos Carrasco's situation, by the way? I completely lost. Is he done or I think, what? I think he's healthy. I think this is his walk here. Okay. So there you go. I mean, that, you know, maybe he. Uh, but that's what I mean. He's a question mark. I mean, any yeah. anything after those two guys are a question mark. I, yeah, I, they I'm need some you, solid guys. I see Michael Pineda, and, and I, I, I like Michael Pineda on that team. The big I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind Pineda coming back to the Yankees. I know Yankee fans are going to think I'm nuts. I, yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Um, but the Mets. Get him a better jar of pine tar and you're good. Need a, need a deeper bullpen and you need a deeper rotation. But starting with DeGrom and Scherzer is like starting on third. So it's, you know, there's not much to do after that as long as you those know, guys are healthy. But that's a you, big question. You mark. said bullpen, right? There's yeah. one guy out there that I think for years has had the stuff and teams have been after him for a while. Exactly. He's got five pitches and he was just non-tendered. And if I'm a team, if I'm the Yankees, if I'm the Mets, if I'm the Braves, if I'm these teams that can use bullpen arms, I'm going to get Matthew Boyd and I'm going to put him in the bullpen. Fuck starting. I'm going yeah. to take away two pitches, leave him with three pitches, and I'm going to put him in the bullpen and he's going to be a lefty power guy for me. He's a good candidate for that. I almost wonder why it doesn't happen more often in baseball. I'm sure there's stuff going on that I, I don't know at that level, but mm -hmm. I do wonder that. And I think Boyd would be a good candidate to resurrect your career. Um, but yeah, so I mean, Mets are off to a great start. They're doing what they need to do so far. They've obviously got some holes. I'm not ready to crown them anything yet, but I want to no, see. Yeah, how they that got a lot of work to do still. Yeah, and, and, um, and I'm sorry, like, Sean, stop the bullshit. Brandon Nimmo's not better than Giancarlo Stanton. Just stop. Just stop your shit. Some people say things that are absurd. Um, <laughs> we move to a division rival of the Mets, the Miami Marlins, having a little bit of an off season here. We're not used to this. Avisel Garcia, they. They signed four years, 53 million. I, I like that deal for them. I think Avisale is a good bet for that type of ballpark. Um, fills a need, obviously, in the outfield. And I 
really thought they signed a second player, but maybe not. I think, oh, uh, Jacob Stallings, right? That was a trade. Yes, that was a trade. So that's a nice trade for them, oh, too. And now they trade so their they trade Alfaro. Yeah, I mean, a perfect fit for uh, for the Yankees, and the Marlins jump all over it, and they really didn't give up anything <laughs> to get him, which I love is everything typical Pirates. Love everything the Marlins have done so far. The day after, I believe, the Marlins trade for Jacob Stallings, the Pirates released Colin Moran. Uh, I, yeah. I found a lot of a lot of uh, poetic justice in in those two moves because the Pirates suck at making trades. And this I will remind support. everyone the Yankees offered a package that included Miguel, Miguel Andujar, Clint Frazier, and a few others for Garrett Cole, and instead they took that deal, and everyone is no longer on that team. Yeah. Very Pirates thing to do. They have no collateral from it, and they got rid of their best player and someone who would draw fans to the ballpark because Bob Nutting does not care about you if you're a Pirates fan. You should have stopped being a Pirates fan a long time ago until he dies or is fired or leaves. You ready, you ready for one of my early hot takes? Yes. Because I'm not afraid to say things that predictions go bad. you you got to have fun with them, but I think this one is going to stick. Sure. The Miami Marlins will have the best rotation in the NL East. Okay. Well, look, they've uh, Pablo. They've got Alcantara. I mean, they six Sanchez. Trevor, Trevor Rogers should be healthy this year. Yep. I we'll see. Uh, you know, the, it's going to be interesting looking at the Marlins, who seem to have very young, healthy arms. Looking at the Mets, who have dominant older arms. We'll we'll see how that plays out. You give me the Marlins staff with Jacob Stallings as their catcher. The Marlins will be, have the best rotation in the NL East. Don't be surprised they have the best rotation in the, in the National League, period. Yeah, I mean, I've, look, we've been on the Marlins bandwagon for like two two or three years now. Um, takes we love a Yankee that to pharmacist. fix them. Yeah, of course, takes a winner. Uh, <laughs> Brian commenting, I had mentioned one of my biggest pet peeves in the corporate world earlier today is saying this is when you're on a virtual call. And then... Uh, because like everyone knows who you are like you can hear your voice you're oh, highlighted yeah, if it's on camera you especially know who it is but people say it anyway it blows my mind um i found that funny so yeah we go to i'm, I'm going down the list here seeing if there's any idea you know, the white Sox couple moves larry garcia not really much right home about but they do get kendall graveman uh again this is what the white Sox do they just kind of add those high caliber relievers and hope that they stand against the Astros and then they don't. So we'll see what happens this October, if anything's different. Um, moving to the Rangers, another one of those teams like the Tigers where you're like, they suck, but they're going to spend money. The, my most annoying thing in the winter is when you're a terrible team and you're spending money on free agents it just drives me crazy. You have to well, do it at some point, but it drives me crazy. Let's be real. Who's always throwing the money around. It's the bad teams. It's, yeah. it's always been like this. The, the teams that worry and they get scared and they want to bring fans in. These are all the bad teams are making the desperate moves. Of all the bad teams that made moves, I'm going to say the Mets are a bad team, but I think they bounce back the easiest. Um, Detroit and, and Texas making these moves, they're not going to make them better right away. Detroit can be a little scary, but it's always yeah. the bad teams that make these big, ridiculous moves, which is why I keep telling you and other Yankee fans calm the fuck down. Calm down. I will calm down when Gary Sanchez and Luke Voigt are no longer on the roster. It, it, this is the hell I'm will. If they are on Luke that Voigt, opening Luke day Voigt roster, is, we got Luke problems. Voigt is as good as gone. Luke Voigt is as good as gone. We know that. 
He's good as good as, I mean, we are as good as, as signing Corey Seeker. So it's, you know, I'll believe it when I see it at this point, I have no faith in, in anything they're doing. Step back from the ledge, man. Relax. It's December 1st. There's so I many. started on the ledge when last once, season ended. Once we have a deal in place, all the dominoes are going to fall. The Yankees are going to flex their, their muscle. You guys got to calm down. We can't sign every free agent that's out there. My concern is it's it's dominoes, like dominoes caliber is what they're going to do. Uh, yeah, I don't look. I don't. I don't care about Baez. <laughs> I don't right. care about Gallusman. I don't think he's going to be a good fit in the. I mean, it's good for Toronto. They need a starter, but I don't think he's going to be the Gallusman we saw last year when he returned to the AL East. I agree. Um, Graveman, they don't need. Iglesias, whatever, you know, good for the Angels getting the one good reliever that they get every year. Um, Aaron Loop, I actually love that signing for the Angels. It's my favorite of the all of their yeah, deals. They also signed Syndergaard. That's a smart move. Um, Starling Marte could have gone either way. I mean, again, I, I he replaces Conforto in the outfield. That's smart for the Mets. I could take him or leave him for the Yankees. Um, <laughs> James packs into the Red Sox, no interest there. <laughs> Red Sox might get something out of him in 2023. We'll see. I uh, Scherzer again. Uh, that's not the hill I'm willing to die on. I don't think the Yankees pitching is going to be the big issue. Uh, Corey Seager. I mean, it's Corey Seager's really like Verlander. It would have been nice that uh, they put an offer in. I guess I wouldn't have paid him what the Astros did. So I'm okay there. Um, it's Seager. Seager is the one. Seager, by the way, going to the Rangers. That's one right. of their big signings. I and agree. Uh, yeah. And uh, hold on, let me just get to the other guy. The Rangers signing John Gray, four years, fifty-six million, and they also go and they sign Seager. Now here's where Henry, I feel like you're going to interject in that it is ten years, three hundred twenty-five million, which is an absurd amount of money for a guy who is a not going to stay at shortstop, b is injury prone, and c is uh, twenty-eight. Is it? 27 he's 27 but it'll be i think he's turning 28 the 10 years i can understand if you are a manny machado or bryce harper type offseason you know where you are the two top dogs and in machado's case the only infielder worth a giant contract you got carlos correa here he hasn't signed yet it's just crazy to me that Corey seager signed for 325 million Corey seager played 140 or more games twice in his entire career yeah, he's a big injury risk. He's have a lot of different injuries. Uh, again, I think only two of them were like muscle injuries. Um, I'm sorry that that's just he's not a great defender. He's a good defender. You can you, you can deal with him. I'm tired of dealing with defense at shortstop. I don't want to deal with defense at shortstop. If Carlos Correa was left handed then he'd be the perfect fit. And this wasn't even a question. The Yankees need a left handed bat. Yankees need a better defensive shortstop. I'm not giving 10 years to a guy that I don't already like on defense. I get it. We can move him to third base. I don't trust his injury history. We already got Stanton you worry about with injury. You already have Judge. You're going to always worry about Judge until the day he retires with injury, and we're we're going to sign him long term. Aaron Hicks is always a question with injury. Gary Sanchez is a question. I don't want to add a $300 million player that I have to worry about injuries on this team with a shitty medical staff to boot. Yeah, it's Seager. I agree. Seager would have been a panic move. Sean claiming Garrett Cole was a panic move. Couldn't disagree more. Garrett Cole is absolutely what the franchise needed for the next five years. And for the better part of the last two years, he has been everything that they've expected. So I don't have a problem 
with the Garrett Cole signing. It was a lot of money, but that's what the market demanded. Once right. Stephen Strasburg signed for $245 million or whatever, then Garrett Cole was going to sign for over three hundred. So I don't fault the Yankees at all for signing Garrett Cole, and I don't regret it even now. Uh, and he was, you know, that's just what a starting pitcher is going to do. Corey Seager is arguably not going to be a starting shortstop. So to sign a corner infielder for $325 million is a little crazy, especially with all of the works that Henry listed. So I think if I think behind the scenes, Brian Cashman is secretly listening to Dong City. He's probably got a, an alt account in, in baseball life. Brian Cashman, listen, brother, let these guys know we're going to go get Freddie Freeman. We're going to get a defensive shortstop. I don't care if he hits 200. Give me a good defensive shortstop. Get me Freddie Freeman. And I'm happy. That's it. I'm happy. You get me Freddie Freeman, all is forgiven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, now <laughs> Freddie Freeman's a totally different story. I just responded to Sean in the comments. Yeah. It, to me, I, I don't like the Machado contract either. Um, I love so the Manny Machado contract. I did Manny not. Machado's a hell of a player. I would not, I was willing to go to like 240. Uh, and the Yankees needed Machado. He signs for three. I don't, I don't like that contract either. The Seeger move to me is different than Freddie Freeman because a Freddie Freeman plays first base. He's going to age fine. B mm -hmm. he's not injury prone. C his bat profile to me is going to age better than Seager. And D he is a perfect fit for the Yankees where Seager is a very good fit, but the fact he's going to leave shortstop could leave him with a hole. I know their top two prospects are both shortstops and they have three of them all together that, you know, can, can fill in soon, but Freddie Freeman could be the next mark to share a signing for the Yankees where you know he's going to be there. He's going to give you the next five years at a elite level. He plays gold glove caliber first base, and he's a lefty contact profile bat that you can bat between Judge and Stanton for the next three to four years at, at elite level. And Freddie a, Freeman is the perfect signing for the Yankees, and for that, I would overpay. And Freddie Freeman is the kind of guy that will teach other players. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, another thing. So I know you and I have mentioned this before. Brian mentioned Jose Iglesias at shortstop. If I'm going to settle for a right-handed shortstop, but you and I have spoke about this before. Jose Iglesias, I'm perfectly fine yeah. with. Yep. I can perfectly live with Jose. If the Yankees think that their two top prospects are going to, are going to hit and, and come up to the big leagues, I'm perfectly Jose with a Jose Iglesias as a shortstop. Yeah. He's I, not Jose... sexy. He's not. Jose Iglesias is an underrated player, always has been. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Jose Iglesias, if you look at his stats, and even now, you know, thanks to baseball, Savant, I've looked at his uh, under the hood too. Uh, he's a, <laughs> he's really just a rock solid player, and he's the type of guy who never gets a multi year deal, and he always ends up unemployed at some point every season. It's bizarre to me. The dude went and hit like 390 for the Red Sox last year in a limited sample size. This is a guy who's going to hit at least 266 in modern day baseball when the average batting average is 240. He's going to give you an above average batting average and gold glove defense at shortstop. It's bizarre to me this guy doesn't find work. And it's also bizarre to me the Yankees specifically won't sign him as a stopgap because he, I'll tell you this I'd take him over Andrelton Simmons right now. Yeah, I think Simmons, as much as I love Simmons, you, you look at that defense and the defense is starting to kind of plateau and get to the point where you say, okay, maybe I can't live with that defense for the offense. You get an exchange, I, you know, right. Um, still, he's still a hell of a defensive player, but there was one point where you take that platinum glove, no matter what he's hitting and you don't give a shit, but now, sure. you know, 
Yeah. Now the Angels... Iglesias for the last one, two, three, four years have played for four teams. I I just don't get it. It's it's totally bizarre to me too. And um, five years when you include 2022. 20, and yeah, and speaking of bizarre, so the Angels, <laughs> it's, it's it's been a weird winter to me. They Noah Syndergaard we talked about I think last time. Um, I'm not a fan of that move for the Angels. I'm not a fan of that move for Noah Syndergaard, and I wasn't a fan of that move for the Mets either. But now that they signed Scherzer, that's kind of changed a little bit. Um, the Angels also get Iglesias, which I, I think is very good, and um, and Aaron Loop, which I said I love that deal. And there's Henry's Coquito. Coquito. So the, yeah, so I mean, the, the angels. I got to get you to say it with the Spanish do. accent, man. <laughs> I think if I drink it, I will. Isn't that Coquito? It's Coquito. Yeah. Acuna. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah. So, I mean, that that's kind of it. I mean, the Astros, Justin Verlander, nothing else really besides that to write home about. Those have kind of an Hector Neris. I can take him or leave him. Um, but yeah, I mean, those, those have been kind of the big deals by teams so far. Those are the ones who have gotten out of the gates, Mets, Tigers, Angels, and White Sox, or I'm sorry, Rangers. And um, yeah, Tigers, just that's been your, your off season so far. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, a major topic that did not have to do with, uh, oh, and, and Marcus Stroman, I also forgot to mention um yeah where uh where did he sign again henry chicago yeah great have, have fun on the cubs restoring <laughs> your yeah he took the money to pitch at wrigley in the worst division in baseball um good. cubs aren't gonna i don't look they can add five marcus strowman to their rotation they're still not gonna be good for three years i will that's <laughs> just cubs are a mess it's a terrible I, he he took that money to die basically that's how i you know, so this this is the problem when you are a guy like Marcus Stroman. Twitter can be a gift and a curse, man. Twitter and social media, you know, it's that thing where you want to interact with fans, and I get it. But Marcus Stroman's a little bitch. Yeah, Marcus Stroman and a racist like, one now too. He is a racist. Yeah, Marcus Stroman likes to poke the bear. He loves yeah. to poke the bear, which is it's fine if if that's your thing. Trevor Bauer has been doing it for years, right? If yeah. that's your thing. And to Trevor Bauer's credit, when he gets it, he takes it. Mm-hmm. Marcus Stroman is not like that. Marcus Stroman is a little bitch. He likes to hit that block button after he responds and doesn't even yeah. give you a chance to respond back to him. And the shit he did this week when he liked a comment um, calling one of the journalists a, uh, a racist remark was just was that some scumbag shit. Yeah, that was really scumbag shit leon wanting me to mention yes galsman we had mentioned in the beginning he went to toronto that's a that's a, a solid rotation forming a, a, a kind of like the mets i feel like they need a couple more arms even though you know nate pearson could emerge they've got manoa um yeah they ryu to me is going to be a three starter going forward and then you get galsman who i also think is going to be a three starter in the al east we'll see Toronto almost made the playoffs last year. They've got a lethal offense. They only lost Simeon, so we'll see. I'm, I'm going to tell you, like I said, in the public pages and in baseball life, Toronto has a lot of twos and threes and maybe yeah. a four. They don't have an ace. They don't have a guy to put in front of that rotation and carry the load. They just don't. I they have a you. lot of guys that can do things, and, and they have question mark. You, you, you slug in a baseball, whichever one of the two baseballs MLB is giving you, you slug in a baseball – 
like Toronto Slugs of Baseball, give me some pitching. And they they don't have an ace. They don't have anyone who's going to start game one. I don't trust any of those guys to start game one. Yeah, it's a team. Look, with expanded playoff, which we'll get to in a little in a little bit, it will be there by opening day 2022. Uh, Toronto's going to make the playoffs next year, I, I think, regardless, uh, even with the team as constructed now. But really to, to your that. point, to get over the hump, you need a better uh, – still a better rotation, I think. Um, now back to Stroman for a second. Yeah, I mean, here's here's my thing. This is the start of the scandals. Marcus Stroman. Look, I don't. There's no excuses here. You can't like that comment. That comment is a well-known racial slur. It was said about an Italian person who is probably. I know it's used for Hispanics too, and anyone really who immigrated here, but it's specifically hits close to home for Italian Americans. That that was something that was widely thrown at them coming to this country, my own family as well, both guys on my shirt, I'm sure. Um, even if you don't know what that means, you cannot just blindly like a comment like that. It just like that's, there has to be some accountability there. If you don't know what that word means, it takes one Google search to look yeah. up three letters and find out what it means. And then know no. it's going to be really bad if I like that comment. No, I didn't know what that word meant. If you recall earlier this year, you actually schooled me onto what that was. Yeah. I thought it was a typo or a misspelling. You put me onto that. And then I did a little research and I said, holy shit, I've never heard of this. And so, yeah, if you don't know what he's talking about, don't like it. Don't don't be that subtle troll. And and now he's getting the backlash that he deserves from other and journalists, then, by the way. And then to try and deny it, too. Like you said, it's just bitch move after bitch move. Little You're Marcus Stroman. You know, I loved him when he won the WBC for Team USA because he pitched his balls off in that in that Fuck final him. game. He made uh, up that story about his mom being bad. Fuck him. He's a little but bitch. God, between the shit he stirred with the Mets to the shit he stirred this off season to now this is like, God, just like screw that guy. Marcus Stroman cried about the Mets not signing him already when they were fucking planning and plotting to get Max Serger. Shut the fuck up. Tell the Mets, yo, go take care of that and then come take care of me. And now you add Stroman to those two guys. Now we're talking. Now he's pitching in fucking Wrigley Field. Shut the fuck up, you little bitch. Oh, and then the whole thing about begging, allegedly, begging to come to the Yankees, begging to come to the Yankees. He doesn't I go to the Yankees. That. No, I believe that. Oh, I, believe I totally that believe it. Of I course he it. wanted to. He wanted to. He went to the Mets when the, before the Mets were good. And then, then he's just been butthurt for eternity ever since. Like, get over it, dude. Take your money. End up at the, with the Cubs. Rot away and die there like everyone will with the Cubs until at least 2025. And shut up. Motherfucking coquito hit. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so let's let's uh, get into our favorite scandal here, and that is balls. We're gonna be talking about balls probably for the next twenty minutes. Yeah. This is this is huge. Yeah, it's it's, it's unbelievable bad. to me what happened, and this just I this should be on every front page front page so to speak, for the next. Here's the thing between the free agent signings and the, and the CBA talks. This shit has somehow just been swept under the rug. Like they're trying to bury it. Yeah, uh, you know, ESPN. Not that they do any good coverage ESPN, for baseball, but they're not covering it. It's it's something that's kind of going around Twitter, and like everyone knows it's a big deal. But for anyone who hasn't heard, the <laughs> Major League Baseball admitted essentially that they used two different types of balls in 2021. And allegedly, they chose which matchups 
to use which balls. Some balls were lighter, some balls were heavier, meant to obviously induce power or kind of a dead ball. And basically the way it's implied is that the uber matchups, the good matchups that you wanted to see were the juiced balls and the shitty matchups, like anything, you know, that Western teams are involved in were the dead (laughs) balls. So now we have a situation, you know, and I said this, look, it's, this doesn't excuse the Houston Astros doesn't excuse the steroid era, but this to me, because it's first of all, MLB mandated, like they're the ones who caused this. Second of all, every single player unbeknownst to themselves was involved in this. Yeah. It's every single outcome of 2021 to me is in question. Now that we're not going to do anything about it. I was joking when I said we should take away the Braves World Series, but it's valid. Like every single matchup theoretically is in question now. I think the scandal is that big. It is that big. I don't. I don't think there's anything we can do about it. I. I think we. It, it's that thing where you can question any and everything. Um, it's pretty fucked up to to just say, yo, for this series, for the Yankees Boston game, for the playoffs, you know, we're gonna use these balls. And I, and I think I read something yesterday where MLB was kind of blaming Rawlings. Yeah, where, where Rawlings, you know, like <laughs> a production. Yeah, there was like a production issue in 2021 with baseball. So Rawlings allegedly used some of the juice balls from the year before without telling anyone, which is like that, that didn't need to be said. MLB confirmed that they were the ones picking and choosing what games yeah. to use the balls. in, so it's bullshit. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, if they really, if they weren't being snakes about this, they would have laid out a plan. You know, these are when the balls are being you. used for which teams. I got you. They motherfucking used the juice balls for every Angels game, and that's where Otani was getting his shit from. Look, I said it Boom! yesterday. I look, look at all of the controversies this can cause. Otani starts hitting home runs in April or whenever it was. They want to push the MVP narrative, so they start using him in every single game he's hitting in. They're using the juice balls. He ends up with forty something home runs and not much else. The Red Sox in the playoffs. All of a sudden, you got boring ass, low rating Tampa Bay Rays, best team in the AL playing the Red Sox, and all of a sudden the Red Sox go on this unbelievable historical run of home runs. I, Tampa's not going to match it. I know they had a lot of home runs in the regular season, but you let the Red Sox start doing that. I mean, that's 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 an angle. The Houston Astros, who knows? They're always involved in terrible things. I just – it's – it's un- the Jacob DeGrom games early in the season, you know, not to pick on DeGrom, he's got a sub-1 ERA – were they pushing that narrative to see how dominant he could be with balls that don't travel as far? It's just not fair. You know, I, I know Peter Alonso talked about it earlier in the year and we kind of was like, whatever, but he was right. I mean, these guys are, are they're fucking with players contracts and stats and outcomes when you, you just can't do that. And Joe, Joey said, come at him. Houston Astros world series is valid. Joe, <laughs> you keep fucking with me. I ain't sending you no coquito. And by the way, for those None. just joining, I'm not saying any of those scandals actually happened. I'm just saying these are the amount of things that could have been the case that could have been ineligible to me in 2021. We're never going to know, or at least I doubt we'll ever know, but you can go at it from all of those angles. The Blue Jays down the stretch, they started scoring nine runs a game come late August. They were dead in the water. All of a sudden, they started hitting home runs. That's good for baseball. Vlad's MVP candidacy, that's good for baseball. Robbie Ray's Cy Young candidacy, yeah, all of whatever. They want to have the Blue Jays compete with the Red Sox and Yankees. That's good ratings. 
And all of a sudden the Blue Jays are hitting home runs every day for, you know, four at a time. It's just, you can go unlimited angle. The Braves. The possibilities are on this for sure. Yeah. Maybe they didn't want the Astros to win the World Series and, and have that come back in their face again. So they start, you know, obviously it's the funny. Astros are playing. I, I, would the Braves, argue the, but, I would argue the opposite. I would argue MLB probably wanted the Astros to win. I mean, that in a vacuum it kind of kills the theory and the argument you know what i mean if they, they could win, theoretically kind of, validate yeah uh, so, i hate that argument it's not the same team and it's not it's the same not, team, but but it's, i get i get why that would be an argument what's the old way. adage perception is reality right yeah um so yeah i mean that that's my this is a massive massive scandal and it's one that i really hope mlb is held accountable for and has to address and it's one that i'm sure by the way maybe the most boring part of the cba this will be in it. Like, like the Pete Alonso, to his credit, said it last year early in the season. They're screwing with the balls. I believed him because I believe every MLB conspiracy. And um, and it, it, this is going to be in the next CBA. They're going to be you. You have to you have to let us know the status of our balls. It's crazy, yeah, you know, stuff it, like it, that. It, equipment. Imagine that being a fucking arguing point. Like that's just stupid. The yeah. fact that they, even the type of baseballs has to be collectively bargained is asinine. And even beyond team results and individual individual player results, I mean, this is every single player's stats. What's to stop MLB from targeting guys like Correa and Seager? Now, granted, they got their money, so it's a loose argument to start having them use the die, you know, the dying balls. It just you can go with any conspiracy theory you want, and MLB invites this type of stuff because they are responsible for this type of stuff. Yeah, that's my problem with it. I can come up with 15 conspiracy theories just like you could do for the pandemic right now because MLB enables it. They are a slimy organization and they're doing it again. Remember when when we had Bud Selig and everyone wanted him to be fired? Yeah, that's for Kelly. Who, yeah, who, who would have thought that the guy replacing Selig would just be a fucking disaster? Yeah, I missed the days when a tie in the All Star game was the biggest controversy yeah. we had. The, the now we don't know. And, and adding a wild card because remember how when we added the wild card spot, everyone lost their fucking mind and thought yeah, that what, was the worst thing for baseball from day one. By the way, it's crazy. Yeah, it now is. we're talking about adding an additional wild card team. Oh, I have news for you. It's going to be more than one. Yeah, it's um, it it is crazy. This is a bad scandal. And I almost wonder to a degree, and we can get into the CBA here. This is going to be ugly. We've said for like two years now that it's going to, you know, since Dong City started January 1st, 2020, we've said the CBA when it expires is going to be ugly. Um, if the yeah. 2020 negotiations were any indication, these guys don't, don't want to, don't know how to negotiate with each other. They don't know how to do it on the timeline. I don't know when we're seeing baseball. I don't think we're going to have a 162 game season. I stick by that. I no, don't think I this is resolved by April 1st. We, we're uh, going to have a shortened season. Period. I mean, I've been I've yeah. been saying that for the longest. I, that I'm I'm almost as confident as that as anything else. And I almost think MLB wants that too because now they can, you know, once they do agree to the CBA, they can trot out the expanded playoff with a shortened season just like 2020. They can trot out universal DH they can trot out, some, you know, they'll, they'll, the, even if they change arbitration, it seemed like the way I read it, both sides are okay with 29 and a half. You automatically become a free agent, which I'm, I don't understand why owners are in, are in favor of that, but maybe it's so they can sign them to less deals and kind of just escape long-term contracts. But um, th- what I was saying with that is that if you, 
want to have an experimental year and test this stuff out, like, you know, a shortened season is going to, going to do that. They're going to see real quick what the returns are. Yeah. Sean has a question. He says, uh, do we think the story was withheld purposely until the close? I, I don't know because I don't know the context that the story was leaked. I, I read something where MLB acknowledged it. I don't know if it was in an interview. I don't know how it got out. I'm glad it got out because it's, it's, it's ridiculous but I, I don't know how it came out and I don't know the, the context of all that behind it. I'm, uh, one of the I'm a little I, more into that conspiracy for Sean. Uh, as I said, I will believe anything because MLB. Let's slimy. not get Vince started on his conspiracy theory. <laughs> that's, uh, it wouldn't surprise me, put it that way. I mean, I obviously can't prove that that's the case, but the, the timing we have to admit is very suspicious the night before the CBA is due to expire. I got a conspiracy theory for you. Yes. I heard Joey Gallo wins the MVP. It's not a, it's, it's not a, it's coming. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's not a, it's not a baseball one. It's, it's a pop culture one. Yeah. Chris Jenner orchestrated the Pete Davidson, Kim Kardashian dating scene to get the heat off Travis Scott and Kylie Jenner with the concert tragedy. Travis Scott dating Kylie Jenner. Uh, is that, gave her a baby connection. too. Oh, okay. I yeah, I don't I, I hope I, for 17%. <laughs> I only know three of the like 17 Kardashian sisters, uh, you know, intimately. But yeah, look, I'll I'll buy that. the Jenners, what I can tell you from everything I've read on all sorts of different sites is that they're very cunning. Both uh both Chris and the other one. <laughs> Who I can't I'm honestly drawing a blank. This isn't like a transgendered insult. Um, but God, yeah. Turn to a pop culture puck. <laughs> former, the artist formerly known as Bruce and Chris are both in, uh, from what I hear, very, very cunning and, and deceitful like that. So it wouldn't surprise me. I'm just saying I heard it on the radio and I usually laugh at conspiracy theories, but that one made me stop for a second and think. Caitlin, thank you. Yes, I could see it. Yeah, totally. I would buy into Joey, that. Joey with the assist, with the right spelling too. Yeah, that was impressive. He got the Y. Uh, oh, oh Ricky comes C. in with the wrong. I thought wrong it would have been a K. Yeah. For shame, Ricky, spelling her name wrong, their name don't wrong. Go there. Don't don't do it. Don't see the council. Don't do it. Yeah. All right, moving away from that, we go back to the CBA. Um, yeah, I, did, I don't I think that'll read, be in the CBA. I did read that the owners proposed. I read that they met no lie for seven minutes today, and the meeting ended after the owners proposed. A no cost of living increase and a reduction in the pension for the MLB players. Oh God. So let's talk about this for a second. What a fucking insult. Owners want to not only pay less, pay less to guys making nothing in the minors. Not only do they not want to fund guys making minimal in the majors, but led by Hal Steinbrenner, who by the way, has a revenue of $600 million a year. Glad you said that. Cause that's who's leading the charge led by Hal Steinbrenner. They want to lower the luxury tax from 210 million, which it was this year, to 180 million. So they want to lower it by 30 million. No talk, by the way, of a salary floor. No, 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 no. There, there was that only came in effect if there was a hundred million dollar salary floor. From the owner's standpoint yes. or the player's standpoint. Well, okay. that right, that fine. was that. So the original proposal was 100 million dollar salary floor. 
The owner said we would do that if you lowered the luxury tax. 180. Fine. All right. I'll give them that credit. But at the end of the day, all that means is that the big markets don't have to spend as much, which is what Hal wants to do, as evidenced by this offseason. We have spent nothing. Sean, you're not going to win the battle. You're not going to win the battle of billionaire versus millionaires. (laughs) The Yankees have signed less free agents than the Marlins (laughs) right now. It's Uh, December 1st, bro. Hey, but yeah, but look at look at the optics. You have the Yankees doing nothing, and then you have Hal Steinbrenner lobbying to lower luxury tax by thirty million. I don't care it's about ugly. optics. If at the end of the season you're holding a trophy and everything works out, optics can take a backseat to reality. I don't care about optics. I don't care that every other team is signed. The Texas Rangers, the Detroit Tigers signing guys to fucking over half a billion dollars in free agent contracts doesn't move me. That doesn't do anything. It doesn't move me in 2028. It moves me in 2022 when the Yankees are in a World Series window. And you've got Hal Steinbrenner, the owner who makes the most revenue in baseball, saying, I want to lower the luxury tax, which I just reset during a World Series window by another 30 million while players ask for 30 million more because they're asking. Billionaires are always going to act like billionaires. I don't care what they look like, I don't care who they root for. Billionaires are billionaires, and at the end of the day, they, they make their money by being conniving back. I will say this. Jerry Jones isn't asking for a lower tax in football. Jerry Jones is a cunt. He is, but he's not He's not asking for that. It's a it's bad optics for Hal Steinbrenner, and it's transparent. And, and this is, But this is what the owners want. You know, Bob Nutting's never going to agree to $100 million floor. Of course not. So that's pie in the sky. I mean, Max Scherzer uh, makes, what was it, the opening day – Max Scherzer makes more money yeah, than like five three teams. of the team. Five? Was it five? Uh, his AAV, I think, is three. But uh, five teams have less than $50 million yeah. payroll. So five teams would have to more than double their payroll to meet the floor, whereas the teams to get under $200 million, I mean, the Mets just went up to like 265 or something insane. Um, but I think it's probably the Yankees, Dodgers, Mets, and maybe like two other teams um, or maybe one other team. But – they don't have to cut their payroll in half. <laughs> they have to cut it by like maybe a third. So that's the big difference. The, fa- the fastest way out of this is is having a short-term deal and trying to come back at this in, in another couple of years. That's just the fastest way out of it. Um, coming right off of a pandemic year, no fans in the stands and, and limited you know, TV revenue. I think their best bet is try to get a one or two year collectively bargain deal and, and try this again in a few years when revenues are topping 13, 14, 15 billion dollars. Yeah. Well, let's let's focus on what they have in common. Both sides want an expanded playoff. That's definitely going to happen. Absolutely. Uh, the only question is going to be 12, 14, or 16 teams. I someone's asking for 12, someone's asking for 14. I've seen rumors for 16. Personally, I would actually like 14. I think 14 um, is a sweet spot. Yeah. I, my whole thing is, that, especially because you're probably going to go to 32 teams eventually, I like it being less than half. I do think 10 out of 30 is a little too exclusive. Um, so 14 out of 30 is fine with me. I know the NFL does. Well, now they do 14 out of 32. 14. So I think ultimately everyone's going to should be at 14, 32. NBA and NHL have 16. I think it's too many. So I would be fine with 14. I would say you keep your divisions. Obviously, division winners are an auto bid. Then there's the top four records after that. Um, and then after the first round, I would reseed. That's how I would do it. And three-game wild card. Three-game wild game, card, yes. Seven-game AODS, seven-game AOCS. That's three, what I would. seven, 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 I would do. 
Um, and I would say that three game wild card. I think the only thing out of 2020 that I loved was that play in best of three where it was all on the road. The top seed. Yeah, wild yeah, no, card, yeah. All, yeah. Yeah. All three games. All, are in, the... all in one stadium, yeah. no travel and no off days. Yeah, I agree. So that, that to me would be perfect. I don't know why anyone would have a problem with that for an expanded playoff. I don't think it saturates anything. I think it's just catching up to the rest of the sport. And I love the back to back to back because it doesn't, you get penalized for making the wild card. If the Braves showed mm-hmm. you anything, is A, making the playoff matters, B, winning your division matters still. Yeah. You would have to do game, 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 off day DS because yep. that, that means your ace is going on three days rest if you win. Yep. Uh, no matter what, and that's the penalty. I but then it. you, but then you should recede. In my mind, you should always recede. It just yeah. makes too much sense. Yeah. So that that's how I would do that. The other thing they have in common: universal DH. If you are still hanging on to pitchers batting, it's well, ending. I, yeah, we said it was going to end. We said that 2021 at worst would be the last year you see pitchers hitting, and I think we're going to be right because I think 2022 universal DH is coming. There's already teams negotiating with Nelson Cruz. Yeah, I saw that in, in the NL. So Listen to me, they're either really, really confident or they're really ballsy. And I'm going to go with they're just confident because to invest that I, kind of money and then you don't get it. It's yeah, he's money. unplayable. So he has to be a DH. So they're confident uh, and it's mutual. I mean, those two things are mutual. Those are the those are the starting points. Hopefully they're going to use it as trade as leverage chips, but they both want that. If I'm the players, I'm saying you want us to play more games for the same money. The offset to that is shorten the season. Bring it back to 145, 146 games. Yeah. Start the playoffs. And I don't September, even know. Like, I would like that as a fan. I would rather have 144, 145 game season. The season is too long. It, you know, the, the Yankees last year were a great example. We were miserable for like four months of that season. It was so mediocre and they made the playoffs anyway. Like it just, the season is so unbelievably long. Yeah. And if you cut the season, the expanded playoff won't compensate for 16 regular season games. You can add something like a World Baseball Classic every year, some sort of, or you can make the All Star break a, a week don't long. Don't do it. Don't do so, it. Don't tease me. Those are things that would help the brand, in my mind. But don't in addition, tease me with the World Baseball Classic. <laughs> it should, in my mind, World Baseball Classic should be every other year because I think a team should celebrate being a champion for more than the year, and the All Star break should be an entire week off. And there should be more things added into the all-star break, not just a celebrity challenge. Home and if you're all-star not going to give Puerto Rico a team, at least give the give Puerto Rico the World Series, the World Baseball Classic finals every time. Fine. Uh, yeah, I actually, I think that's a good idea. Um, so, yeah, so that, I mean, that stuff is a no brainer to me. And by the way, the expanded playoff brings you way more revenue. We found that out in 2020. It's like, <laughs> like billions of dollars or whatever um that it brings you so it's making more money and it's playing more games i mean that is stuff that should be sexy to the owners now the universal dh creates more jobs for players so that should be sexy to the players and it seems like they're both in agreement on free agency starting at 30 or 29 and a half the i I, I still don't necessarily agree with the age component of that I, i still think it should be time well where it might come in handy is that they are way differed. Well, owners don't want to change anything about the ARB system right now. And why would they? Because they can manipulate things. And it's been working great for them. By the way, want to, yeah. on that, on that, yeah. you, if you're the players, you have to find a way to get rid of the Super 2. Yeah. 
You have to. Um, well, that they essentially want to cut a year of pre-arb. Is how I interpret it. They want. You still, they want you still have a super two situation. Well, the super two benefits the player, right? Because those are players who <laughs> get that extra year of eligibility, not the ones who get screwed like Chris Bryant. Correct. Yeah, it, it can it can kill them. So, yeah, um, they basically want a five year arbitration period and only two years of pre arb. So they want to cut a year of pre arb. Um, in I mean, my I get, mind, I, I get why the players would do it. You want to get free agency earlier in a player's potential um, prime. I get it. I don't understand why the player would want that. Would want I mean, what? You, I'm sorry, the, the owners would want uh, 29 and a half. I don't either. That's the one thing I'm, and maybe I read it wrong, but I am pretty sure it said both sides were amicable to that. Uh, the only thing I can think of is maybe it is a way to build the first building block towards non-guaranteed contracts. Because if you sign a guy at 24 for a 10-year deal, and it's essentially you have to amicably agree at 29 and a half to continue, like maybe that's the way they're interpreting it is. We can get out of any contract. Don't open that window, bro. That's not, uh, yeah, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. So that's not going to happen. I, I would be shocked if Listen the 29 and a half thing happened. If, if the players somehow lost guaranteed contracts, you just blow up, the, blow up the whole fucking union. They'll never let it happen. It can't happen. Yeah, but I'm saying that would be, this is, we see this in politics all the time. It's, you do something seemingly innocent, or very minor, and then you just keep doing that over the years, over and every time the CBA happens, and then eventually get to non-guaranteed contracts. So it wouldn't surprise me if owners did that and then manipulated it, is what I'm saying, just like they did in 2016 with basically everything in the CBA. So that's what they're up against. I mean, there is a lot of money being made, $10 billion plus dollars in a normal year, and basically players want a bigger piece of that pie and owners want to spend less. It's in tail as old as time. And I will always be on the player side. They are the talent. Of course. They sacrifice their body, their time with their families, everything. This is our annual reminder that if you are the type of person who sides with owners in CBA negotiations, you are a moron. Just a total idiot. He means asshole. Yeah. Uh, any any word you want, because that is capitalism in a nutshell. Is <laughs> these players have all the leverage in the world because they can do something owners can't. Anyone, not anyone, but many people can own a baseball team, yep. and they hire people to do the jobs to run a baseball team. Players play. The superstar players do something no one else on the planet can do. That's why they get paid that much. So to say that they should not be paid that much and owners take on more risk or whatever bullshit. I don't know how you can say owners take more risk when players physically play. Like if they tore their ACL tomorrow, it could ruin their career. The city, the, the shittiest of players that we can sit back and say, this guy's a bum is a fucking all world athlete right. who runs laps around anyone else. Like, the worst player in baseball is like a world-renowned athlete. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy because people are like... Like them shitty players like Brandon Nimmo. Them guys are... <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because people are like, well, in my job, if I asked for a pay raise, I'd get fired. Which I'm like, first of all, look, I'm I'm in that industry. That's not the I case 99% of the time. Yeah. And in this in this climate now, you can literally walk down the street and just get another job if that happens. So no one's doing that anymore. But even if that were true and you felt like, okay, I want to compare myself to a player, 
why would you want that player to get paid less? It doesn't make any sense for your own life. Like, why do you want that to be the norm just because that's your norm? The other argument I hate is it's a kid's game. Like, no, shut the fuck up. It's $12 billion industry. It's, it's a game played on a $12 million industry. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, Sean, it, it's a fair point. Yes, a lot of this is negotiating. I'm not going to side with every single thing the players ask for. But overall, players should make more money. They should get a bigger piece of the pie. And owners should be spending more because they're generating way, way more revenue than any individual player is. And they need to like, they need to have a floor to make things competitive. It's crazy because you have guys like us and you just sit back and you say, yo, revenue should be split 50-50. And I think everyone would be happy with that. 50-50. Not 49-51, not 60-50-50 is more than fair for both sides. The more money you invest on your team, the more money they make, the more money you make. It's just that simple. This is a problem across the entire country is we went from the good old days of the 1950s and even the good old days of the 1990s where owners, owners, where CEOs made, I don't know, 10 times the amount of their average employee and they were millionaires and they could afford whatever they wanted and they paid their employees and their employees were loyal and they had job stability and lasted 30 years in that factory. Well, now... CEOs make a thousand times what an employee makes because in the last 30 years, wages have become stagnant and there's a bigger divide. And now they have yachts and now they have all sorts of different houses. And now they're going to pedophile islands and they're doing all sorts of stuff that they weren't doing before. And now we have that problem in baseball too, is the owners want to pocket more and more money. Bob Nutting doesn't want to spend a dime ever. Jason Kendall, Six years, $60 million in the 1990s is the largest contract in Pirates history. You can't tell me. Yes. $60 million. Still. Largest free agent contract in Pirates history. And you can't tell me Bob Nutting is keeping that team and it's worth less than what he bought it for. It's worth probably a thousand times what he bought it for. Owners have to force guys to sell teams if they're not in it for winning. Like they have teams that are just in there. Just, yo, let's have fun. Let's just make a shitload of money. Fuck yep. the fans. Fuck the players. Fuck everything. We get these TV contracts. We get these concessions. We get sales at the parking and they shift it to us. Who's the middle? You know how much me, me and Hardy for 20 games, 20, only 20 games. We pay yep. $8,500. Holy shit. For, for 20 games. That comes yeah. out to about 200 and something dollars a game. Right now we do have good seats, but we pay $8,500 a game. You know what that gets us? The opportunity to get playoff sick tickets one game per series. <laughs> right? One game per series. It's all and you when, need in Yankee land these days. And when you buy the playoff tickets, you have to put a deposit on the next season's tickets in order to have oh, accessibility. Wow. So I'm sorry. When I sit here and... and and yeah, how's Steinbrenner? Spend some fucking money. I tell you guys to relax, but it's going to happen. They're going to spend money. They have to spend money because you have guys like me, guys spending a hell of a lot more money, and the product is not matching our expectations. The prices are going up. Concessions are going up. Everything's going up. The yeah. product on the field is not. And I'm sorry for my argument like three months ago with Mayhul 
in baseball life, but this is how you get through to owners. It's the only way to get through to owners is touching their wallet. Any billionaire can tell you that. So yeah, if Hal Steinbrenner doesn't spend, and he's a great example, obviously it's a big market and he's not spending money. If he doesn't spend money this off season, you have a team that's gotten worse three years in a row. You have a team that didn't listen to most of the fans and rehired their idiot manager. You have a team that has made no improvements to a team that was boring last year. I mean, they were boring. There's no other way to describe it. If you go into 2022 defiant with your middle fingers up to the fans, the fans need to stop going. And if the fans stop going, that becomes embarrassing. You lose revenue. And that's when owners are forced to do something. Now, in Bob Nutting's case, he didn't really need to. He's on welfare from other owners. But in the Yankees case, they would have to. Check this out. I have a friend who had a pizza spot in Yankee Stadium inside the Mohegan Sun Bar. Do you know what the Yankees charge? And I'm sure the other teams do it. You know, the Yankees charge for licensing, a licensing fee for vendors to be in the stadium. They pay the Yankees a hundred thousand dollars. I was going to guess that a license fee yeah, to be able to sell their shit in Yankee Stadium. There's money being made left and right. I can take my phone from my seats and I can order food that's delivered to me. Yeah. Subsequently, I can actually go on Uber Eats. Yankee Stadium is on Uber Eats. Think about that. How fucking lazy do you have to be as a human? <laughs> Yankee Stadium is on Uber Eats. You, there's different sections on Uber Eats. You can order your food ahead of time, and then there's an Uber Eats line to pick it up. Yeah. These teams are making money hand over fist with corporate sponsorships, with corporate branding all over the fucking place. I'm sorry. You got to put the product back on the field. You have to. Of course. And Sean, they will stop going. I mean, they, you know, Yankee Stadium's never going to be barren. But... I, I, I disagree. I've, I've always disagreed with that. Fans won't stop going because ba- when your baseball team is exciting, when your team is good, when they're doing crazy shit, hit and walk off, when, you're, when your baseball team is exciting, you want to be a part of that. Yeah. When you're home watching the game and shit's going on, you want to be there. When you hear those fans, when yes. they're chanting, when they're doing crazy shit, you want to be a part of that. I agree with Sean. I think fans will never stop going. Yeah, they will. Because if the team sucks, you're not getting that. But and here's the perfect example. 2018, Yankees averaged 43,000 a year. 2021, it's it's 24. Now, some of that is pandemic related. A lot of it is not pandemic all of it. related. It's, it's 17,000 fans a game, the difference. So, I mean, it's it's hard to compare this year. So at the beginning of this year, if you weren't vaccinated, you first you had to be vaccinated to go on the Yankee Stadium. And if you weren't, you had to show proof of a test, a negative test. People don't want to go through that. So you, attendance this year was is kind of skewed. We, we really can't look at anything after 2019, at least until, you know, people are I allowed mean, in. 2013, 2013 had Derek Jeter still for a very, and Mariano Rivera for a very mm-hmm. bad team. And it still drew 3,000 less than 2018. You can't tell me there's not a difference in a team being good and a team being bad and, and attendance. You just can't tell me that. I think the Yankees are a different monster, but I, I don't think fans will ever stop going to baseball games as long as the team is competitive. They don't have to be really good. They just have to be competitive. When Tino Martinez a few years ago, well, a few years ago, I wish it was a few years ago, <laughs> a couple of years ago when he was, I don't remember the stretch. He had like four or five games. That he had a home run every game. I was there for a couple of them. I was trying to get tickets every fucking day to Yankee Stadium to possibly get a home run. Yeah. Like yeah. when I see teams are, are coming into town, whenever the Angels come in town, I always make it a point to see Trout. No matter what, I go to Yankee Stadium to see Trout. Yeah. I'm not saying 
no one would show up to a game. I'm saying less people will show up to a game, and that is how you hit it. Here, 2009, Yankees last World Series. Same stadium, 5,000 more fans a game than 2018 when they were, or then, uh, I'm sorry, than 2013, four years later. I don't. There's a difference there. All right. So, you know, for a living, I'm in real estate, right? Yeah. Finance. All right. At one point, we were looking to put up a build, a a hotel on 125th Street in Harlem. It would have been a Marriott. We got into the business and we realized everything operates with a 70 to 75 percent capacity expectation. That's it. I'm sure baseball does the same thing. I'm sure those industries, if you everything is averaged on a 70, 75% capacity. If you meet those numbers annually, you're gold. Anything after that is just more, more revenue. They're not operating under the premise of, I want to sell out hundred percent of the games. It's not going to happen. Shitty parks like Fenway with, with stupid seats that they sell you on nostalgia and history when it's a shitty park, those guys sell out every day because there's only like 20,000 seats available. Yeah. They have like, 37,000, I think. Let me sit on the monster. It's fucking stupid. It's a shitty park. But they sell you history. 70% capacity is all they need to meet all their benchmarks. Sure, but it's still more revenue. Those seats still exist. They're still making more money. It's like when you you eat KFC and it comes with the gravy. Instead of eating the chicken, you dump it in the gravy. That's just extra shit. You you know, it's, it's still good, but that's just the extra shit. Look, I think if you asked a billionaire, hey, do you want 5,000 times 81 games for tickets, uh, extra revenue? He'd probably say yes. Of so course, if you're saying there's a greedy fucks. Yeah. Now, if you want to do that over the course of years and add that up and say, by the way, to make this all go away, you just have to sign one guy to a hundred million dollar contract. He's but that, that, do that same billionaire knows he's going to hit all his benchmarks with just 70 percent capacity. Yeah, but I mean, that's also not the only way you can make it felt. Uh, I mean, it, Sean just mentioned TV revenue. That TV contract, go look at what happened with hockey with TV contracts. If people stop showing up to games and having less interest overall, and I'm not saying it's going to happen for baseball, it would take a, an effort of the entire sport, not just the Yankees. But yeah, if you lose interest, if you lose demand in a supply and demand economy, then those TV contracts become less money. And then you're talking billions of dollars. So the path exists. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not even saying it's going to happen. But the only way to get through an owner is to be indifferent. It's not to show up to games anyway. It's not to show your blind loyalty to a fan base and start buying their shit every year. It's to be indifferent. That's the only way that you can get through to an owner, especially one on a high stage with a spotlight under them like the New York market. That's it. There's only a handful of owner in all of sports that you can genuinely say, yo, that dude cares about his fans. Say what you want about Jerry Jones. He's one of them. Yep. Mark Cuban is another one. Um, I'm trying to draw. I'm drawing a blank right now. George Steinbrenner, when he was alive, was one. Yep. There's guys that just care about their fans and they want to bring a championship to their city. They didn't give a fuck about money. All the other owners, they're not like that. It's all about money. Yeah. And I guarantee the business. Money and technology. So anyone who's a Yankee fan this year, in addition to having the Yes Network, their own network, now they have an app, a Yes app, which is phenomenal. So they have this app. You can get it on your smartphone. You can get it on your tablet. You can get it on your computer. You watch the game anywhere you want. Players need to make sure they get a portion of that revenue. Yeah. 
because that that innovative technology is amazing. Those yeah. views count towards viewership. And Sean's right. TV contracts are, are bigger and better because of shit like that. So I can watch my Yankees if I'm on vacation and I'm in the Bahamas. I can watch the Yankees on my phone through an app or on a tablet. I don't have to be stuck at home anymore to watch them. I can watch them on the go 24-7, watch highlights, watch all the, you know, the, the stupid shows they put on. Players got to get that revenue too. Absolutely. So we'll see. You know, strap up, strap in. The uh, There's no more player moves. So we uh, there's nothing more that's going to happen from now until whenever this ends. Uh, we only have the CBA from here on forward. Uh, maybe a couple of weeks from now, we'll, we'll kind of have to see how this goes now and see what other scandals can come about. Yeah. Where do you think Story and Correa go? Because those are probably the two biggest fish left, right? Like the biggest of the big. Freddie Freeman's up there, but I think Correa and Story are probably the biggest guys. I think that I'll make a few predictions. One is Matt Olson definitely gets traded. Of course. Two is that. I still think Freddie Freeman returns to the Braves, but if he doesn't, it will be the Dodgers. I have, I have zero confidence that it'll go to the Yankees, even though it's a perfect fit. To answer your question, uh, see, Correa is interesting because we really don't know where his priorities lie, but I would probably, and Baez is now on the Tigers. Well, yes, we really don't know who's going to pay for his priorities. I guess a better way to phrase it. Who was the other player he's named? Story, the two shortstops. Uh, Trevor Story. <clears throat> I think that the Phillies are an intriguing option to me, maybe for a Trevor Story type. Um, you know, the Rangers have taken themselves out. I think the Dodgers are probably out on the shortstop market. I think the Tigers have taken themselves out. I feel like you have a juicy, you know, I, I think the Mets aren't done, but I feel like it's going to be Chris Bryant. That's kind of my gut feeling. Um, who do you think? Cause I know you're dying to tell me. I don't, I don't know. I, I yeah. think Correa may have shot himself in the foot um, because he's in a market where there were so many options. The two biggest teams with the, with big pockets and a need are the Rangers and the Tigers. And now you take them off the board. Yeah. So if you're Correa's people, do you tell him plan B is to get more AAV for less years and try to make up the money there? And now does that become more attractive to a team like the Mets? I predicted Correa to the Mets for about three years now as a third baseman. And in, in that time span, he's somehow become a better defensive shortstop. Yeah. Um, but We're getting some interesting comments on this. Um. Sean thinks Bryant to the Mariners. Uh, I don't agree with that. Castellanos. I like, I, I like, I like Bryant to the Mariners to replace Seager. Yeah. I KB Lamette's what I would say. Um, we saw some create of Boston. I don't think so. I just, I don't think that's the way Kime operates. And plus you'd then have to talk me into trading Xander Bogarts. I know that the, he's a free agent, I think after next season or the year after, I can't remember. <laughs> But it doesn't make any sense to me. That's not what Kime does. I mean, I know it's what the Red Sox do, but that's not what he does. I would I would be shocked if Carlos Correa went to Boston. Yeah, I don't um, see that. I, I see Boston going all in on a on a first baseman, whether it's Rizzo, Schwarber, or Freeman. My thing with 
I can see Correa going back to Houston, although, I again, I don't think Houston would spend that money either unless his market really died. Um, Trevor's story is interesting to me because I think his market would open up a lot more if he moved off shortstop. Like someone said, story to the Dodgers. Uh, he's not replacing he's Trey really Turner. Good, he's a really good defensive shortstop. He is, but the adage there is, you know, you're a good shortstop. You're also a good center fielder. Um, you're a good second baseman. I just, if and it comes to that, I mean, <laughs> it, he may be able to not play the to find a place where he can be a shortstop, but that would probably open up the market for him. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with to... Joey. I agree with Joey. I think they land, the Angels land one of the big shortstops because everyone. Story to the, the West, Angels, I can buy a lot. Yeah. I can buy two West teams getting both of them, the Astros and the Angels. I think that story story to the Angels makes a lot of sense. That's a type of player the Angels would sign, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, and Correa staying out west would be interesting. I mean, it wouldn't shock me, I guess. I just don't really know where, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I, the Red Sox. Here we go. Hey, hey, let's have some fun with it. I mean, they're just fucking spending money left and right. Correa to the Padres. I don't know. I, he's not going to solve their problems. Uh, but by the way, everyone's saying Xander moving off shortstop. Fine. I don't think he's a long-term Why? shortstop either, but he is definitely for 2022 when the Red Sox just opened their world series window. And also where are you moving Devers? Cause you're not going to demote Dahlbeck. Like I, did he had a read, great year. I did read somewhere that Boston endeavors are having uh, some issues signing a long-term deal, which doesn't surprise me. Look how they botched the Mookie Betts thing. Well, so that is a time Kime would trade someone is if he can't get a long-term deal. But I don't think he would then replace it by signing Correa. I was going to say, so, if that's the case, you sign your own guy and you keep your own guy. Yeah. So I don't I don't buy that. I don't buy it for a second. Bobby Dahlbeck's at first, or he can be at first. I guess he could also be at I second. Like, I like Rafi at third base. I don't think he's an issue at third base. Yeah. I, I think it kind of kills his value if you moved him over to first. I don't like it. I mean, I, I see the thought process. I just don't agree with it. I don't think that's going to happen. I know the Red Sox were looking for a first baseman. They had Schwarber. Maybe he goes back. I doubt it. It's not a first baseman. But uh, I don't see Correa being the solution that makes those dominoes start falling. You think the Yankees are in on Correa on a, on a lesser deal? No, they're not going to go anywhere. That would, not... be, that would be great for the media. You... The media would eat that <laughs> shit up. You can talk me into the Yankees signing someone this winter because I tend to agree. Like they have to sign someone this winter, but you can't talk me into them signing Correa after they just let Seager like just walk somewhere else. Yeah, but Correa, Correa is better than Seager. It's not even close. But he's he's right-handed. He's Seager also injury better. prone. I, I get yeah. it. I get it. It's it's look. The, the Yankees drew the line in the sand. They made their bed. They're not going to spend big on a shortstop. They believe in Volpe. They believe in Peraza. I believe that. And part of me is okay with that. I mean, this is what we begged for. If you were a Yankee fan from 2011 to 2016, you were dying for them to operate this way. You were so tired in 2005 to 2008 of them trading everyone for old guys all the time. So on one hand, I'm like, yeah, if Volpe and Peraza are the truth and they're both blue chip prospects, if they're going to pan out, great. Hold on to them. I'm fine with it. And I don't mind if they don't go big on Seager. 
I do mind, though, if they don't improve other aspects of their team. And I don't want to hear about how there's a weak catcher market because two guys, three guys I might have liked already left. Tucker Barnhart went to Detroit. You had uh, Stallings go to the Marlins. And I really believe Jan Gomes would be better for this team than Gary Sanchez. And he just went to the Cubs for like seven cents. No, 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 no. That's Gary Sanchez fatigue speaking. It is Gary Sanchez fatigue speaking. I'm very fatigued by Gary Sanchez being terrible on defense, not being able to hit above 200 and striking out 180 times a year. That's what I'm fatigued by. He's it's I I think listen to me. I think Joey's on to something. He said Correa to the to the uh, Mariners. Mariners. I can see that, man. I thought about that very briefly. I was like, "Eh, Mariners, you know, they're probably not done yet. Um, I like that, man. You you talk about a, a lineup that includes Adam Frazier, Crawford, Kyle Lewis, Jared Kalenic, and now Carlos Correa, Mitch Hanniger. That's that's something, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. John pointing out Contreras to the Yankees in a trade. I I do think. Here's what I think about the Yankees. I think they're going to sign someone to something. <laughs> that's a free agent. I think they're going to make one big trade. I couldn't tell you if it's Olsen. I couldn't tell you if it's Contreras. I couldn't tell you if it's an outfielder. I couldn't tell you any of those things. But I think they'll make one big trade. I think they'll sign a free agent. I think they'll probably sign an arm or two that are kind of under the radar and not marquee. I'm going with true Brian Cashman. His history. He's not trading for Louis Castillo. There's something that's happening that no one sees no one thinks of it's not on the horizon and he pulls a rabbit out of his ass and people are like, holy shit, that's a good trade. That's it's what's happened. Meant. It's happened before. It's something that he is capable of, but it's a deal that's not on the radar. That's my prediction for them. All of their emergency nets just left. <laughs> like all, all of those safety nets are gone. There's so many options out there. They don't have an option for catcher unless it's via trade, so they lose. Gary Sanchez there. on the team for another year is fine. He's not going to kill them. There's no like, ob- the obvious, the two obvious upgrades. One, we're both traded, and that was Barn. Yeah, that was Barnhart, a problem. Barnhart and Stallings yeah. were both traded, both below value. So that oh, yeah. does piss me off. Yeah, but no, they're they're that, sticking with Gary. I believe that. There's no one I'm going to go out there and say, like, this is my guy over Gary Sanchez. Look, we are, as Yankee fans, we are believing Glaber Torres because he hit over 300 from August to September because he moved back to second. Is going to be that guy again with unjuiced balls, which, by the way, is two great years worth of juiced balls. We think he's going to turn it around at second. And then we think... You know, and I believe this, Aaron Judge is almost league average in a strikeout rate. He's he's improved that much, but we're believing he's going to stay healthy and we're believing he's going to do that again. And then we have John Carlos Stanton and then we have Joey Gallo for a few, a few full season. And then we have Gary Sanchez. And right now we have Joe Urshela and his jello legs at third base. So it's too, it is the same problem I had with last year's team. It's too many risks. They have a, they have not signed a single safety net that could have helped any of this. And no, it's Joey Gallo. I think I agree with you. He's going to have a rebound year. He's not going to strike out. He's going to have a monster season. He's going to get paid. He's still going to strike out almost 200 times. That's my problem is you've got too many guys who are going to strike out over 150 times. That's my problem is Gallo, Sanchez, Stanton, Judge, 
are four guys who might strike out a lot. And that's too many. That's not what World Series teams are built on. The Braves didn't have that. The Astros don't have that. The Red Sox don't have that. It's unbalanced, and I hate it. It'll be fine. We'll see. I, I, I don't know where those answers are coming from, but I do think that there will be a trade in one free agent. I just don't think it'll be enough, as has been the case the last five years. Joey Gallo's going to be fine. Joey Gallo, put it like this. I've, I said it before. At the end of the year next year, Joey Gallo is going to have Yankee fans split between guys that want to extend him and guys that want don't want to extend him. If you get me Joey Gallo hitting sixth and you get me a middle-of-the-order left-handed hitter to split Judge and Stanton, what that would do is it would have DJ leading off. It would You can have whatever batting second. It could be Hicks. It could be Torres. It could be whoever. I don't care. You have Judge third. You have this mystery man batting cleanup left-handed fourth, Freddie Freeman. <laughs> You have Giancarlo Stanton fifth, and you have Gallo sixth. Then I am okay with Gallo, especially if Gary Sanchez is not betting seventh. Insert Freddie Freeman as mystery man. <laughs> mystery man Freddie Freeman would solve a lot of problems for me this winter. But until that happens, and it won't, I have a lot of I have a lot of issues with how they're going about this. They'll be fine. We'll see. Step away from the ledge, brother. Step away from the ledge. Oh, I am straddling the ledge right now. Coquito, uh, send me some Coquito. I might move a little bit away from the ledge, but it's certainly say it right. God damn it. Say it right. Say it right. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, we will, uh, we'll be back at a, at a date. We'll advertise as we do. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess Henry just have to sort of see how the CBA talk and scandals and anything else plays out. We'll see if we have some news. Uh, we will not be yeah. back next week, but maybe the week after. We have a question about Castellanos. I don't know where he's going, but not the Yankees. Outfielders, there's so many. There's so many outfielders. I mean, I think I'd rather have Conforto than Castellanos. I, by the way, I would, I would also like Conforto. I know he's not a lefty, but that's the type of batting profile I would have no problem with platooning yeah. with Aaron Hicks. Castellanos is just not a good defender. I mean, that's what kills him. Yeah. Can he go back to third? I don't know how his defensive metrics are there. Eh. No. I'm looking, I'm looking at the the uh outfield Delano the Shields, Corey Dickerson, Jared Dyson, Adam e- I thought Adam Eaton signed somewhere. Oh, Conforto's a lefty. What am I talking about? Yeah, go sign him right now. Brett Gardner's out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I swear to God, if you bring back Brett Gardner over Michael Conforto, I'm going to lose my mind. Like, there's no reason Conforto can't fit into that outfield and give it at least, you know, he might have his own problems, but at least it gives Hicks, there's a plan B I, there. I love Castellano's bat. I just, I, I don't like him on defense. So you put yeah, him, you put no, me I'm on a team that. where he can DH and play the field maybe once or twice a week and you can sell me on that better. But if, if that's your starting outfield or somewhere, I'm, I'm, you get a lot on offense, but there's a lot of bad on defense. Like in a vacuum, I'd love him. Well, I wouldn't love him. I, he would replace Nelson Cruz in Tampa, but they're obviously not going to spend that money. Um, it's a great fit, I think, team-wise. Yeah. But There's so many. Money. You have guys. You have Jorge Soler out there, Eddie Rosario, Kevin Pilar is out there, Jock Peterson. There's so many outfield. Andrew McCutcheon. <laughs> Jock, Conforto, Rosario. Bring me any of them. Any of them are fine. I'll take any of the three. It's an improvement. 
and then and get this, void. This is office. what I'm telling you that there's so many options out there. I'm I'm not I'm not worried about it. This Castellanos thing is really pissing me off. So I'm like trying to think of where he would be a perfect fit, and I don't. The, 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 the market not a lot of great options. The, the market is saturated with outfielders. It doesn't matter. These guys, they're just names. You could fucking take five or ten of these guys, and, and they're the same person. I think so. Sean's asking if Soler is under control. I, I don't think no, he is. No, Soler is a free agent. All those Braves guys were in walk years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Phillies, I can see only because I feel like they don't care about defense whatsoever. And they all have a DH spot open, so that's not a bad choice. Yeah, there's, there's too many options in the outfield. I, I just think teams can teams can be picky there. There's just so many guys there. Yeah. So, anyway. All right. That'll do it for us here on uh, on Dong City. We uh, It was enjoyable to talk players with you guys because we probably won't be able to until, like, late March. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> This has been Dong City. We will be back. Put your orders in. Put your orders it's in. Very, very good. It is. I can vouch. Yeah. I, that and um, a stream. Down a little less than half. That and a stream smart. I'm looking for in my Christmas stocking. Just saying. Um, yeah. Master's right here, baby. I yeah. Send me that because I swear to God, if I have another. I'm the plug, man. I'm the I, plug. <laughs> I tried to watch Nick's Nets last night and like really wanted to. And it would not stop freezing my like illegal stream that I have. Just drive me nuts. Drive me nuts. Plug, man. Hate it. All right. This was good, right. man. This was good. I like this. Thank you for joining us. Join us next time on Dong City. Uh, we'll be back at 8 p.m. Eastern on a Wednesday. We will let you know when. And everyone, have a great night. Dong City, bitches. <laughs>